Hi, this is Mary Coughlin, and I want to welcome you to the Care Out Loud podcast, presented to you by Caring Essentials Collaborative, founder of the Trauma-Informed Professional Certificate Program and internationally recognized leader in trauma-informed developmentally supportive education for parents and professionals serving babies, children, and families in crisis around the globe. I'm wicked excited you're here as we talk about caring out loud. In each moment lies a unique opportunity to create a kinder, more connected and compassionate world one moment at a time. And it all begins with you. episode is with Anna Biley, registered nurse and postdoctoral scholar, global associate, and faculty at the Watson Caring Institute. A published author, Caritas coach, Anna Biley is also my faculty mentor as I journeyed to become a certified Caritas coach. At the age of 20, Anna had her first encounter with death when she worked in a children's home. One Christmas, a child she had been watching became very ill and was admitted to the hospital. During his days in intensive care, Anna took her turn sitting with him. But it was in witnessing the tender nursing care provided to this dying child that became one of her most profound experiences of loving kindness that prompted her to pursue a career in nursing. Without knowing it at the time, Anna describes what she had witnessed as a caring moment which is a concept that is unique to Jane Watson's human caring science theory. And that encounter has remained a benchmark for her professional practice and career. I am so incredibly honored to be able to spend this time with Anna and explore her journey to become a Caritas coach and an author. Thanks so much for joining us. There's one question I wanted to ask you is, um, is it, is it um, proper, you know, would I refer to you as Professor Biley, Dr. Oh. Biley? Oh, gosh, she says no. I'm not a professor. I, well, I just was wondering because I was reading your bio and I would love a copy of your CV when you get a chance. Um, okay. Um, but I was like, oh, how do I refer to, how do I refer That's to Anna? It will do. Just Anna. I don't use, I I don't use titles. Oh, I don't yeah. need them in my life. All right. All right. That sounds pretty cool. Okay. Um, Well, Well, you know, I haven't got an academic agenda or anything. I just, yeah, I'm not interested in titles. Yeah. I I love that. I mean, it's kind of um, refreshing to hear that too, because I think just um, it feels, at least here in the U.S., inherent in healthcare in general that we really celebrate our alphabet soup, you know, and our titles and, mm. and all that stuff. And mm. I think it's the same here. Yeah. But I, you know, I work on my own. I'm independent. So I, I don't need to be part of that, mm-hmm. um, that game, really. Yeah, it is a game. Oh, it, is, it is a game. Yeah. I love that. Mm. Um well, I have to tell you, I was just so wicked excited um, that you agreed to being on the podcast and um, allowing me to interview you and really get deep into 
you know, who is Anna Bailey? Um, you know, what does nursing mean to you? And maybe just share a little bit of your journey. Um, because I, I know you had a huge impact on me and, and my experience um, as I went through the Caritas coaching education program. And I, I feel like, um, you know, you, you meet people, you know, um, that you're supposed to meet, you know, and, and people touch your life in um, really special ways, almost like, like, I feel like you're a bit of an angel for me and um, feel really blessed to have, you know, made your acquaintance. And I needed you in my life at the time that we spent together. Um, and so I, I hope that doesn't make you feel weird or anything, but I just was really delighted to, that you would share your time with me on, on the podcast. So oh, thank you. Thank you. But I think it's a mutual thing, you know, with this Caritas Coach program and, um, you know, it, it's not that teacher learning divide, I don't think. We, we, we call ourselves a community of learners, you know, and, uh, and I learn as much, if not more, from the coaches as, as they do from me. So, I mean, so thank you, was... too. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, but I think your wisdom and um, and obviously, you know, your experiences with the program and your own Caritas journey um, just brought or it actually kind of like opened my eyes to a, a bigger view of what nursing is, what caring is all about. And I wasn't sure what the course, what the program was going to be like. Um and it was such a welcome experience, just open. Um, you, I think you used the word before, communitas, community, um, that was so nurturing and just um, so supportive um, across the field. So you must love this. I mean, how long have you been doing the work with the Watson Caring Institute? Um, oh, well, I... I'll go back. Okay, excellent. So, <laughs> so I I first came across Jean Watson's work when I was a nursing student, which was a long, long time ago. Sort of 1987, 88 or something like oh. that. And I first came across Jean Watson's work because I I was trying to find um somebody who felt about nursing the way I was feeling, but nobody was talking about it yeah um and then I met Jean Watson at a conference in the 90s um I think it was about 1994 I met her at a conference here in England and I was so kind of carried away with um you know human caring theory that I applied for a scholarship, a Florence Nightingale Foundation scholarship and I went to Denver to study with Jean for a month so that kind of began my my kind of connection with with Jean Watson and um, human caring theory. Um, but at that time, I was um, having my first child, but when I was in Denver, and so you know the years just go by, don't they? And I was bringing up my family, and I was, um, you know, working part time as a nurse, and da da da. Mm -hmm. um, 
but always sort of kept that essence and those values in in my work mm-hmm. um everything I did was always sort of built on on caring science but then it wasn't till 2014 when I reconnected and Jean Jean's work had then become the Watson Caring Science Institute so I connected with them in in 2014 and I did my um a doctorate with them 2014 to 2017 so I was like a student with the institute um and then I've um only in the last two or three years joined as faculty to be part of the Caritas Coach Programme and um, the Leadership Programme. Um, and during the pandemic, I ran a little online course um, which um, was called um, Healing the Sacred Circle of Life and Death because we were just trying to offer, the Institute was trying to offer something to nurses during the pandemic, just some sort of touch point. and so I did that as well so yeah so um it's kind of been a long time but it hasn't been a long time yeah well I I love um I love the story of um you know when you were in nursing school because I've got you beat uh I I graduated in 82 and uh and I was introduced to Jean Watson during my undergraduate study um but it was it felt in the moment um when I was going through school, very siloed, like this was a course, I had to take a course in nurse theory, Um, you know, you had to take it, but it didn't feel like the theoretical um, content, and it was Watson, it was um, Leininger, it was Rogers, it was like, you know, a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of them, but it felt very peripheral to um, the nursing stuff, if you will, you know, it was just, there was no integration or cross-pollination. It just felt like, oh, that's really interesting. And I loved it. And I loved Watson's work. Um, But it felt so superfluous. Um, And I don't mean that disrespectfully. I just, that's just what it felt like, as opposed to, you know, like learning to do all the techniques, the tasks, um, you know, nursing process, all those things, there just didn't feel like that integration. Mm-hmm. And um, it, I, it kind of broke my heart, you know, when I graduated nursing school and, and you get kerplunked into, you know, into practice. And it was just, it just felt like this big giant checklist. My whole life just revolved around this big giant checklist. And, you, you know, integrating those elements of it you know, it, that felt real, but it, it didn't feel um, ubiquitous, right? It, it didn't feel um, like it was the way we did nursing. It was like, well, you can do it that way, but everybody else is doing it this way. Did, mm. did you feel like that? Yeah, I, I think I, I felt very isolated sometimes in, um, in what I was seeing and, and what, kind of sparked my curiosity I suppose but also really was a um this kind of connection that I felt with patients that that was my curiosity well what's going on here because mm-hmm. this isn't the task yeah you know I, I did the tasks I think I was good at the tasks mm-hmm. as they were um, but it was those moments of connection. I was like, this is, something's going on here. Yeah. And they, it was that curiosity that 
Um, and it was like, is anyone else getting this? Yeah. Um, and it was that curiosity that kind of took me to the to the library in yeah. the days when there were books on the shelves. <laughs> and you know, I I found Jean Watson's book. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It, I love the way you described it, and I know um, you kind of do this little description on the uh, Watson Caring Institute website, kind of talking about how you. Um, found nursing, you know, that, you know, when you were making those observations of those nurses in the ICU caring for that young man mm. that, um, and that ended up passing away, but, you know, at the time, if, and, and you, I'm just paraphrasing, so you can correct me, but um, it felt like um, you might not have had the language in the moment, but now where you were in your practice, you realized that you were bearing witness to caring moments and to kind okay. of caring science in action. And um, I think, I think those, I think it's probably more nurses than not feel the feelings that you just described um those experiences but I think we tend to feel so isolated in our practice and so at least I know myself I could relate to those experience that experience that you just described Anna but I wasn't about to share it with anybody else because it just felt like um it wasn't part of the mainstream and so I just kind of held it in my own heart and just did my work but ended up yeah. getting burned out about it you know um yes over time yeah well I've been there as well with the burnout and... yeah I mean from your experience you know um particularly as a Caritas coach and a, and a um doctorate in um caring science you know what kind of wisdom have you uncovered or um yeah uncovered that may be really relevant for nursing education now um and and particularly i think post pandemic you know what have we it's not really a discovery it's really um an acknowledgement because i think the suffering of nursing didn't just happen as a result of the pandemic it just it feels like it's been exposed well i think it's really really interesting that question I mean I, I talk to a lot of people a lot of nurses um, from all over the world and um, it's it's interesting that it, it kind of all to me goes back to what we talk about in this kind of essence of, of caring science um that you know we've already talked about burnout and and it starts with self and our own our own self-care and appreciation of ourselves and that sounds you know that that the people who aren't kind of familiar with that idea it, it all sounds a bit sort of up in the air and yeah you know away with the fairies kind of stuff and and I felt like that about it for for a long long time you know that oh you know this is just silly you know we can carry on with this work we can carry on um we can you know be there and be compassionate and and we can and we can be kind and we can be and we can do all those things 
but it's like at what cost right and I think that kind of um the cost of that um is what people are now showing up with which is exhaustion yeah it's exhausted so if there's any um sort of wisdom as as you described it um you know it it's Jim Watson's wisdom which is about this this idea of self-care and really for me the the I didn't get that until um I had my own kind of personal kind of crisis so I didn't even pick that up in nursing really it was yeah. my own personal crisis which is when my husband died and I was left with two kids to bring up and I had to survive and so it came out of survival and and possibly there's a parallel there with where a lot of people are at at the moment you know but they just they're just trying to survive mm -hmm. and so the only way I could survive was to start caring for myself and just and it was that that um that very kind of simple stuff that Jean Watson calls the micro practices of pausing breathing yeah you know um taking a walk mm -hmm. in nature which that was my healing you know that that was my self-care remains my self-care relay so yeah so I would say that in answer to your question you know that it's the self it's the fact that it starts with self and if we and it starts with us and then it radiates out, it ripples out um, and so that that experience um that you just described with um the loss of your husband um how you know do you mind sharing a little bit about your journey? I mean, was that part of your, um, the process that you went through to kind of um, metabolize your grief and and move, you know, move to this place where you are right now? Um, I, yeah. um, I mean, I'd love for you to touch upon the book if if the book, um, you know, your. Uh, I should have introduced that yeah. as well about, you know, you're being an author um, of a, an amazing, lovely book, um, Birds Hold Our Secrets, A Caritas Story of Grief and Remembering. Um, if, if, if that's okay, do you mind sharing a little bit about that, Anna? Yeah, I can share about that. So what um, happened was, um, it seems incredible now that it was 10 years because time is just like, I don't know, a bit like the pandemic, you know, it's like I've fall, fallen into a void where <laughs> chronological time is not the same as it used to be. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, so he, he was diagnosed with cancer. So he's age 54 and he was diagnosed with cancer. And he was... Um, three months from um, being diagnosed to dying. So yeah, it was very kind of rapid cancer. By the time they found it, it was too advanced for treatment. Um, and, um, but he was, he was a nursing academic. Um, he was kind of like a, 
and Martha Rogers and and Rogeri well. nurse. <laughs> and um so and then he was a teacher and he he was he was a bit avant-garde in his teaching methods. And um when he was diagnosed, he said, right, he said, we've got to do this, so we're gonna do it mindfully. We're gonna do it mindfully. Um because he he'd um been in Japan the year before he he traveled in Japan for three months looking at mindfulness and then um he was trying to kind of um relate how that might help uh nursing and nursing education so and he wrote a paper on mindfulness and uh, so he said um if we're going to do this we'll do it mindfully so we set out with that intention of being mindful in this in this process and um, that he wanted to be um conscious of his dying process he didn't want to be um drugged up he wanted to do it his way he wanted to be at home and so that's how that all happened and and we set that intention um and again it was kind of like that by experience that that, that i described very early on that, that actually oh my goodness something's going on here that i can't put my finger on something is happening here um and so two years later, when I started the doctorate, um, I wanted to uh, look at grief and bereavement as part of my doctorate. But as it turned, what it what it became was um, a research process on myself. Yeah. And I used caring science um, as that wider context. So, so I was able to delve into that whole experience to, to look at you know how and where the caritas processes were were manifesting really you know that but in those in the darkness there was huge compassion i i was his advocate for his dignity because the the times when he was so sick he, you know i i stepped in and i held his dignity yes and 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 so and so on like with all the 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 caritas process you know i learned to listen i became a better listener mm -hmm. because of that experience and um and so that kind of became my doctorate and as time went on it also became about my grief process and and my recovery i guess which is where the self-care came in yeah you know that that without caring signs at that time i i don't I'm not sure how I would have um, been able to grasp my recovery and yeah. my self-care. So, I, yeah. You're, you're making, the word healing is coming up, you know, that it's really just this, um, a, a process of healing. And um, I loved the, the choice of words you used about dignity. And it made me think about the sacredness of those human encounters, um, I mean, all human encounters are an invitation to the sacred, but um, particularly when someone is in such a, a vulnerable state, you know, a, a state of, um, you know, extreme illness and, and dying, that um, oftentimes we can miss it. And I think that's the, the wonderful thing um, that I've taken from the caring science um, curriculum and really integrated it into what I've, you know, 
um, taken from becoming a Caritas coach is really helping folks see that sacredness in all of these moments as, as you know, Dr. Watson eloquently um, articulates in, in many of her publications. And I love the, um, I'm looking up at my bookcase there, um, the sacred science, you know, caring science as sacred science. As, as you were going through this experience with your husband, um, were there encounters with the healthcare community that um, felt supportive or felt not as supportive as you would have liked? Um, it would, you know, are there opportunities that you see within healthcare to improve how we support individuals and families through th this type of a, uh, an experience? Um, well, I think that's, that's a good question. I think at the time, um, looking back, I mean, we had moments where doctors tried to sort of come in and tell us, yeah, you know, make ridiculous suggestions like, um, you know, two days before he died, you know, well, let's get you in for a chest x-ray. Yeah. No, you know, so, yeah. so, so we, we had that kind of um, sort of, um, well, I had that mm -hmm. battle of of just holding that space and his intention very yeah. mindfully that actually no that's not what we want yeah but at the time I think it was um I would say people were supportive and um and they did they did their best mm -hmm. um doctors weren't very good about <laughs> talking about death yeah you know it was a little bit kind of um ambiguous language around it and nobody actually came to the point yeah um so we we had that but i think that the biggest thing was after he had died and um our um, people kind of supporting us in in our in our grief as a family yeah and that was very difficult because that we were very isolated at that point yeah um both my boy well my youngest son he was in school my eldest son had left school by that time but um they, they, they just could not and they did not know what to say they didn't know what to do they didn't um they just didn't know how to handle anything yeah and it was that kind of then that kind of experience which was at the time it was several years of just deep deep darkness and struggle yeah. and eventually um my i had i had counseling i went to counseling and I also got some counselling from, from my son. And um, simultaneously, this word trauma came up. Yeah, yeah. I was, you know, actually, you know, this is, this is complicated because the three of you are traumatised. You, you're living with trauma. Mm -hmm. And so then I began to kind of journey with understanding trauma. Mm. and and actually what what was going on and what had gone on and and how at different levels 
we were still stuck in what happened that day. Yeah. Yeah. And so once that was unlocked, yeah. um, we do better. Thanks again for listening in. Please join Anna and I next week as we continue our discussion about unlocking trauma and discovering and even cultivating the skills necessary to recognize and respond to trauma in thoughtful, authentic, and compassionate ways. Showing up on purpose makes the difference, and that difference begins when we care out loud, together, 